Chapter Twelve of the Film of Fear by Arnold Fredericks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve. The announcement made by Mr. Baker that Miss Marcia Ford, the film cutter, had reported for work, filled Duval with astonishment. He had expected nothing of the sort. So convinced was he that the girl in question was the one they were looking for the one who had been persecuting ruth morton the motion picture star with her threats he rose from his seat in mr baker's office at the studio and turned toward the door if miss ford has reported for work he said i'd better take a look at her at once if she is the woman who escaped from the cab last night i shall have no difficulty in recognizing her but i am afraid it is out of the question knowing that both you and i had seen her when she fainted at the theatre she would not dare to put in an appearance here to-day the thing is utterly incomprehensible still she might suppose that we would not suspect her that she could carry on her work in the studio without anyone being the wiser i seldom go into that part of the building myself and she would certainly not expect to see you in fact it may not have occurred to her that we suspect one of our employees in spite of the stolen photograph or the fake telegram suppose we take a look at her at once that will settle the whole question duval urged very well mr baker closed his desk and the two men crossed the corridor and made their way into that part of the studio building devoted to the developing and finishing of the films mr emmett the head of the department was seated at his desk when they arrived so the ford girl is here baker said at once yes sir she came in about ten minutes ago explaining her lateness by saying that she was ill when she got up this morning and was not sure that she could get here at all shall i send for her no duval interposed quickly pardon me mr baker he turned to the latter but if we send for this girl it will arouse her suspicions of course i do not think she is the woman we are looking for but she may be in league with her would it not be better to have mr emmett and yourself conduct me through the room in which she works as though i were a visitor to the studio you can readily point her out to me as we pass and that will give me ample time to recognize her in case i have seen her before i think that a very good idea returned baker he said a few words to mr emmett and the three men set out to go through the rooms in which the film cutting and pasting were done at one of the tables a girl of about twenty was at work as they passed mr emmett turned his head and nodded the girl did not look up and the three men continued their way through the room when they again reached the hall mr baker turned to duval well he questioned it is not the woman the detective said i did not suppose it would be there is some slight resemblance of course the color in the eyes and the hair is the same and the features are somewhat alike however i am very much afraid mr baker that i have wasted both your time and mine and yet i cannot get over my original impression that the person responsible for these threats is connected in some way with your company 
baker puzzled and disappointed as well led the way back to his office duval however when they reached it did not enter i shall not remain any longer at present he said i have an idea that i can accomplish more in town perhaps i can discover something there some clue that will enable us to make progress i have a plan that may result in something what is it mr baker asked i prefer not to say yet if anything develops i will let you know uh, good day the taxicab in which he had made the trip down was still waiting for him an hour later he had reached his hotel the disguise of the night before he had discarded the woman in the cab had penetrated it his presence and that of mrs morton at the uptown hotel was known there seemed to be no further purpose for the present in attempting to preserve his incognito he went to his room at once and knocked on the door which separated it from the apartment of mrs morton and her daughter the door was opened by the maid who ushered him into the little parlor i will tell mrs morton that you're here the girl said and went into the next room mrs morton came out presently her face pale and drawn duval knew at once that she had been up all night watching no doubt beside her daughter how is miss ruth he asked she is better she had a fairly good night's rest and her fever has left her i am glad to hear that i hope there have been no further threats no not yet but i never know at what moment something might happen it is terrible terrible living under a shadow like this as she spoke the telephone bell rang you answer it mr duval she said turning quickly to the door by which she had entered and closing it i do not think i can stand anything more at present duval took down the receiver someone was asking for mr john bradley this is mr bradley he said then suddenly recognized his wife's voice is this you richard she asked yes what is it if you have time today come down and see me i have something i want to tell you something important very well i will be there in half an hour good-bye he hung up the receiver was it anything anything more mr duval asked mrs morton no nothing of that sort well i must go along now i merely looked in to ask after your daughter there is one thing i want you to do however and that is let me have a key to your apartment on fifty-seventh street mrs morton took the key from her purse and handed it to him haven't you any good news yet she asked somewhat pathetically not yet at least nothing very definite i know the woman who is annoying your daughter by sight however and i think i can assure you that she will be under arrest before very long matters of this sort take time mrs morton remember that i have had charge of the case for three days and these people we are looking for are shrewd leaving few clues but i feel that i shall have something definite to report very soon now i hope so i'm sure good day good day duval left the room and taking a taxi drove down to see grace 
he found her sitting at the writing-desk in the reception-room of their suite, apparently busy over a letter. She pushed the sheet of paper aside when her husband entered, and threw her arms about his neck. "'Richard!' she exclaimed. "'I am so glad to see you. It has been ages. What's the matter with you? You look dreadfully blue.' Duval threw himself into a chair. "'I'm a bit disgusted with myself.' he said. What about? I may ask you now, may I not? Is it about that wretched Morton case? I must talk to you about that. May I? You see, you rather got me into it last night, and I got myself into it, too, by coming up to your hotel to see you, and now you've got to tell me how things turned out, after you left the theatre, or I shall not know just what to do. Uh, about what? I'll tell you that, after I hear about last night. Duval laughed although a trifle grimly. <laughs> I am not particularly proud of last night. Wasn't the woman who fainted the one you were after? Asked Grace. Yes, I'm sure she was. But unfortunately, she got away from me. He outlined to Grace the circumstances which led up to the woman's escape from the cab. You say she was a small, slight woman, with light hair? Yes why that i may know something about her what i'll tell you you remember that when i came up to see you at the hotel yesterday afternoon you were greatly put out because you were afraid that i might have been followed thus disclosing the name of your hotel to these people you are trying to avoid yes i was afraid of it and the people in question did find out in some way where i had taken miss morton and her mother as i discovered last night they did not discover it through me. How do you know? It came about in a curious way. After you told me, over the telephone, that you feared I might have been followed, I looked up the taxi driver who took me uptown, and asked him if anyone had tried to question him. I thought that possibly this hotel might have been watched, and if so, the person who was watching it might have noticed the number of my car, or the driver, and later applied to him for information. I saw him as soon as I returned, no one had done so that is all very well but they might have asked him and found out where he drove you later they did ask him later why is it richard that you seem to forget that i have done detective work before too i suspected that he might be approached and i subsidized him gave him ten dollars and instructed him to let me know in case anyone questioned him about me well late yesterday afternoon a woman answering the description you give did apply to the cabman to find out where he had driven me. Naturally, he told her nothing. Then, thinking, I suppose, that I might repeat my visit, she gave him five dollars and told him to let her know in case I drove from here to any other hotel. She figured, no doubt, that being your wife, I was certain to go and see you. Duval sat forward in his chair, an eager look upon his face. You did splendidly, Grace, he said much better than i have done but the important point is this how was the cabman to let her know and where did she give him her name and address she gave him a name and address it is about that that i wanted to see you what was it alice watson general delivery he was to write her a letter duval sank back in his chair with a disappointed look an assumed name of course he said I'm afraid it won't be of much service to us. But why? I was going to write this woman a letter, giving her the name of some other hotel, 
any one would do then she would come there to find you we could have the cabman leary on watch to point her out and in that way identify her and perhaps follow her to her home duval shook his head it would have worked splendidly my dear he said except for the fact that in some way the woman has already discovered the name of my hotel she will not go to the general delivery window at the post office to get it now for she already knows it and if she did she would realize as soon as she read your letter that you were not telling the truth is that what you have been so busy about he glanced at the half-finished letter that lay on his wife's desk yes grace looked at him rather sheepishly i am terribly disappointed she said i really hoped that i had discovered something that would help you she took from the desk the piece of paper that contained alice watson's address and tearing it into bits dropped them slowly into the waste-basket duval observed her action what are you tearing up he asked oh nothing merely the bit of paper that contained the woman's assumed name and address it is of no use any longer she glanced at a scrap of the paper about half an inch square that remained between her fingers then started there must have been something on the other side she exclaimed there's a part of a name here printed or engraved it looks like ford duval sprang from his chair and made a dive for the scrap basket ford he exclaimed that's queer we must get every scrap of that card at once it took the two of them several minutes to gather from the basket the tiny pieces into which grace had torn the bit of paper then they fitted them together duval saw at once as soon as he picked up the first scrap that the address had been written on a card when the several pieces had at last been assembled upon the top of the desk it became quite clear that the watson name and address had been hastily scrawled upon the torn half of a visiting card slowly and carefully duval turned the bits over the words engraved upon the opposite side filled him with delight there were first the letters c i a followed by the name ford beneath were two figures a six and a two and after them west fifty-seventh street duval gazed at the result in surprise then taking from his pocket-book the torn half of the card he had found the night before in the cab he laid it beside the fragments on the desk the two fitted exactly the name and address were both plain evidently the woman who had interviewed the cabman leary and the woman who had escaped from the cab were one and the same she had taken a card from her purse torn it in half written the alice watson address that she gave the cabman on one half and thrust the other back into her handbag later when duval had attempted to examine the contents of the bag the bit of card had fallen to the floor all that was sufficiently clear grace looking over her husband's shoulder read the completed name and address miss marcia ford she exclaimed one sixty two west fifty seventh street why richard there is the name and address of the woman you want 
it may be her address her husband remarked gloomily but it certainly isn't her name but why not because i saw marcia ford this morning and she isn't the woman grace looked at him in astonishment are you sure she cried perfectly marcia ford is not the one we are after then how do you explain the woman having a card with that name on it i don't explain it unless he paused for a moment in thought unless this ford woman and the other one are in league with each other which might account for the latter having her card in her purse and the address is that where marcia ford lives i don't know it may be where they both live for all i can tell i only hope it is he rose and took up his hat where are you going grace asked to one hundred and sixty second west fifty seventh street suddenly he took his wallet from his pocket snatched a second card from it and after looking at it for a moment gave an exclamation of delighted surprise what is it grace asked quickly he thrust the card into her hand grace glanced at it without quite understanding what it meant i don't see what you mean she exclaimed the thing is clear enough the card i have just given you belongs to miss ruth morton i see that but then surely you must see that miss morton's apartment also is on fifty-seventh street and just two doors down from the address of miss marcia ford End of chapter 12